0: This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yamo. Go With Yamo is an art exhibition app which helps you to find the exhibitions, art fairs and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location. So the one closest to you will be at the top of the list. But if you're planning a trip, you can, of course, change your location to a different city. What makes the app really fun is that whenever you are at an exhibition, you can check in and earn points, which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibition tickets, books and more. Go With Yamo also create custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. They will be creating the virtual space for our upcoming Art on a Postcard summer auction, which is definitely worth checking out. You can find all of these on their website along with some great blog content including artist interviews, exhibition recommendations, quizzes and reviews. The app is free to download from the App Store and the Google Play Store so make sure you check it out and visit their website www.gowithyamo.com That's g o w i t h y a m o com hello hello how are you i'm fine how are you very well thank you i love that painting in the background just sort of over your right shoulder yeah
1: that one that is a painting that my cousin nat did of me and my partner um, in the style of alice neal it was really cool
0: Wow. I'll get it out and proper show it to you in a second. Um, how are you doing? How's everything going? Yeah, good, thank you. I had a very, um, like I said to you guys, it was a bit of an impromptu meeting and it was quite (laughs) nerve-wracking so i feel a little bit like i have a bit of adrenaline it was quite high pressure how are you doing molly yeah i'm fine i literally this morning you'll find this interesting was researching and like
1: badass women that have been forgotten by history which is all of them um but there's a really cool artist comic book writer called i think it's tarpe i think you pronounce it mills but her real name was june but like you know chosen non-gendered name to succeed in the world um and she like wrote and drew a comic book called Miss Fury who was like the first female uh superhero like six months before um Wonder Woman and was just epic just like so cool um and I'm still researching it but I'm
0: like yeah (laughs) that is so cool so what is what is the story of Miss Fury so the origin story is like It's it's very
1: strange because it was the first one, but she like dons a cat suit at one point. So you're just like, there's serious like vibes going through of like into obviously other comics. Um, And it's just like this almost like gender flipped world where all the protagonists, all the antagonists are all women, all fighting crime using like really um, patriarchal symbols like high heels and lipstick and that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. And it's just really cool, just fighting crime basically. And there's this really cool like vampy supervillain
2: Mm-hmm. anyway this mm-hmm.
1: woman I can't remember
0: her name but yeah, I've never yeah. heard of it before in my life I'm not a huge comic book person but very cool what's that project for is that something you're doing for she curates or what's that for?
1: oh no it's researching for um repaint history I don't know if you know them they're a really cool Instagram account you should follow them they do like cool for arts and stuff it's, it's quite nice to to put like comic book drawings and I don't know other stuff into the art world
0: I think mm. Yeah, definitely. Is it no? Excuse me. It's quite interesting with comics, isn't it? There's definitely. I'm quite similar to you. like I'm not necessarily like a massive comic book fan. I've read a few sort of, you know, I've read like Watchmen and Tank Girl and things like that. Tank Girl's really cool. Tank Girl's another female comic book hero who's really cool. She's got this psychic who's a kangaroo. She wears like this a <laughs> so Yeah no it really is
1: (laughs) I have to say I am so looking forward to speaking to Olivia I shouted her out on a takeover I did over the weekend so we spoke very very briefly um and her works in the auction are some of my favorite I think they're
0: epic they're Mm -hmm. just so good (laughs) yeah really really good so I was actually doing some research for the podcast and um, my partner looked over my shoulder and was like Oh, I, I I saw this person um in Eastbourne, and he actually actually really really loved the the exhibition and the works. No way, so, yeah. <laughs> and that was like really recently. I think that was that was definitely this year. Um, so she's obviously you know one to watch at the minute. Certainly, um, in the art world, she seems to be coming up all over the place. So, how did you first get introduced to Olivia?
1: It, do you know? I think it it feels like it was years ago, but I don't think it was that. I think it was the beginning of lockdown. Like classic beginning she curates origin story (laughs) and I just fell in love with her work and I it's it's one of the questions I want to say is it feels such a niche and I've never seen anything like it I've never seen anyone even bother trying to replicate it because it's just it's just so Olivia and I think there's just such an interesting narrative going across I actually have one of her works I should have got it out yeah, I didn't get it out it's a it's a print that she did with Cobb Editions recently hmm. I got a lithograph from it um oh I should say have got it out it's a tube um but yeah and just and just really fell in love when we've done like a feature and yeah just honestly so keen that yeah when she said yes to the um auction and then produced
0: the works like multiple phenomenal works it's just epic Yeah, really, really epic. So I'm very excited to have her on the podcast. But yeah, really, really captivating. And like you said, very unique, very, I haven't seen that kind of painting before. It's funny that, you know, you would mention references to sort of like an illustrative comic book kind of bold outline. Also just like super painterly. It's, It's really special. It's really cool. Exactly.
1: I've seen her with her work described almost Tom and Jerry esque, which mm-hmm. I think is quite interesting because I wouldn't have put that. But the minute I read it, I was like, "Yeah, I can see that."
0: Yeah, I do see that. Especially, I saw one this morning, and it was about I think it was about icing a cake, and it was somebody's bum with like hand smears down the found the bun, where the you know flour or icing sugar or whatever it is had been smeared that's very Tom and Jerry and Um, it's the classic of not
1: seeing the faces of the humans isn't it like Tom and Jerry you always see the little sort of calves and feet (laughs) and nothing else
0: yeah 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 definitely I know so 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 intriguing I can't wait to ask her all about sort of her composition and her very little very few faces which is interesting
1: yeah a lot of letters as well like I've seen it next to um, like white hands, there's often a the letter P, and I can't remember the other colours. But there's loads of symbolism and kind of codes. I want to say
0: mm. it'd be very. Let's, let's, <laughs> un, let's uncrack the code today. The code. I don't know if you
1: saw the exhibition she did with Guts Gallery and Soft Punk.
0: No, I didn't. I want to say
1: The Arches, but it wasn't in The Arches. They did a series of 13 back-to-back solo exhibitions called, it's 2020 for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then each exhibition featured different. I think they were generally London-based artists and mm-hmm. Olivia was one of them and it was awesome. It was so cool. It was such like an intimate space. Hi, Olivia. Hey, Olivia, how are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you.
0: (laughs) So nice to see you. So nice to see you too. How are you doing, Olivia? It's lovely to meet you. (laughs) Lovely too. Your background's
2: so much more interesting than mine. I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) So where are you right now? Where are we calling you? um well I'm in the upstairs of my uh, studio just because we're all downstairs but there's like everyone's doing stuff so I thought I would come upstairs so it's just like the rotunda part um but they've cleared everything out because they have like parties and stuff here now so it's just a big empty room it might actually be a bit echoey so
1: it sounds all right actually sounds okay sounds fine to me Olivia, not in a creepy way at all. I've been spending a lot of time exploring your studio with Kevin from Custorian. Oh, cool. (laughs) So I've been like looking around your studio. That was here,
2: but now we're we're all downstairs. Um, So I have like a lovely wall made for me. And it's actually better downstairs because there's like natural lighting, whereas here, like, it's really dark. (laughs) Um, But it's good. I'm glad. That's so fun. That was so fun to do. Um it's a lot of paintings there. We like I like blocked everyone out. So, so <laughs> they, I didn't see so you could see everyone's work. So it was just a lot of my stuff.
1: Well it looked epic. I loved it. <laughs> Rosa, um Kevin from Custorian does these like XR VR um scans and captures of galleries and studios. So when I'll send you the link, when you go into them, it's literally like you're walking around them. And if you have one of those like headsets, which I don't um you can actually like explore someone's studio and you click these bits and like sometimes the artist like talks it's it's very cool and interactive and accessible for people it's very cool
0: that is so cool have you have you found that it's that that kind of a thing has really sort of helped um like you know get your work out there olivia
2: um yeah i think it's like i think it's like nice that everyone it just wants content um so it's just nice to um see a different side of my work I guess like it's nice to see where the like stuff is being birthed um but yeah it's been really helpful and also very like it's very like comforting and like more personal than rather I'm just like an artist in like a gallery or like just an artist on Instagram because that can seem a bit like unpersonal whereas I had all of my like personal sketchbooks in um that render and all of the drawings as well um so it felt more of a complete experience
0: how do you find sort of I know we're obviously doing an interview right now but (laughs) how, but how do you find sort of you know exposing those little bits of you know bits of sketchbook and kind of opening yourself up how do you find that balance
2: wow I don't know I think because my my subject matter is quite personal so I think I'm just like uh have it it's fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I was um obviously you know researching your work for this podcast has been just an absolute pleasure it's so 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 exciting to look through and just like such fantastic work and um you know, it was great reading about your work. And one of the things that came up was that your work addresses questions of blackness and whiteness. That was one of the sort of, you know, lines in the bio that I read. And I wonder, are you able to sort of share with us what exactly those questions are in relation to blackness and whiteness that you, um, you know, uh, explore in your work?
2: Yeah, well, of course, I guess like on top of my head, one of the main questions is like what even are both or like how does everyone perceive both or does everyone even like know that they are like in terms of a societal standpoint cast in the binary so like whiteness is the exclusion of any color whereas blackness is the celebration of color um and as a as a mixed race person that's obviously quite hard because I um even though I identify as black, I'm sitting immediately in between because I was kind of raised more on the white side, and then obviously we're in England. <laughs> England's very white. England's very white culture. So I think I'm trying to ask people to think about whether they can see how both of them are cast in binary, and whether. The, even though they're cast in binary, they're like extremely connected. As I say, like whiteness is about the lack of blackness. How can, so you can't have whiteness without something to be in opposition of. Yeah, and even just to, um, let's say in terms of painting, um, just when you look at a painting, I think it's really important to like read narratively into like what the actual figures are, I think, my paintings especially, I like to put like letters into the paintings in order to draw attention to um, what the actual skin color of the person is, simply because there's so many connotations attached with skin color, especially like white skin color. Even like the word white, it's very superior. Um, it, is connected to like cleanliness and um, correctness. And obviously it's like not white, it's like peaches and pinks and everything like that. Um, So often when you even look at a really simple composition of like two white people next to a black person, it's interesting to draw attention to why there's like two people who are white and then like one person who's black and a war in, like our society, can that be like symbolism of? So like some early paintings, I have very simple interactions of just a white hand grasping like a black wrist. And because we have so many like stories and like history with the violence between um, black people by white people or just violence in general, it's interesting what you will um, mentally unconsciously pour into those like images. Uh, so I think I'm trying to really dig out you need to like look at what these figures are, what their colour is, because um the, the society we live in, we've like poured certain negative traits onto them. And so in order to combat that we need to be aware of
0: everything that's attached to it. Um, yeah. yeah, it was interesting, really interesting. And it's great to hear about um, the the letters that you include in your paintings because Molly actually brought up and we were talking before you came onto the um, uh, into the uh, call, we were saying how interesting those letters sort of start to become, that they almost become like sort of, like they're sort of reading their own, their own sort of symbolism or something. Oh,
2: thank you. Um, I think, as well. They I like keep going in and out to whether I actually like like them, but as I say, they're so useful in order to for people to not be passive when looking at the painting because you don't immediately know what it's about. I hope that the viewers be like, oh, like a, a floating letter is kind of there. And then obviously it gives you um sort of like a it's reminiscent of like labeling which of course like plays into like stereotypes and things and then also I think I view it as like similar to if you're like a marginalized person you go into a room and you like scan the room it kind of feels like that the letters kind of like are similar to that even if you're like a woman and you're going into a room with a bunch of men you kind of are like because you have a sort of like flight of flight response basically, Um, because of past experiences, you'll scan the room to be like, oh, is this like safe? Am I going to have a nice time or should I just leave? Um, And then they also just, the letters are beginning to feel like flies buzzing around food, just sort of like, just how like stereotypes and like connotations of certain things like are impressed on people. Like there's sort of these annoying things that I know Like are invented for like discrimination and invented for um, other people to benefit, but but as a person you know that it's not like correct. So it's really it's like it's just annoying that it's there and it's annoying that it's like some ideas are like true in like other people's minds. So like I obviously don't. So so for like example, like fatophobia things, like I know that like it's absolutely fine to be like a fat person, I'm a plus size person, but some people obviously like Ugh, I say things like, oh, I'm getting so fat and like things like that. And when you hear stuff like that, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, people think like that. It's just very like jarring. And I guess like that's quite a now thing. It's something to really work towards, but yeah, like sort of like buzzing like, oh, I think one way but other people think another way it's like a really it's a really big theme of like how do you live when other people think of different things oh wait like it's your own life so it doesn't really matter but then you're like living in a
1: world with lots of other people it's a lot do you think that people's like preconceived notions and ideas are really important for viewing your work properly then because I, I I seen your work described I've seen you describe it as you know like children's coloring books or like kicking instructions and that kind of thing which almost speaks to a kind of like naivety in the work and that's like the opposite of, of what it is. Or, um, Rose and I were saying before um, I've seen it described as like Tom and
2: Jerry-esque.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These questions you're asking and asking people to explore and, and intentionally are, are big questions really important questions.
2: Yeah I think I'm trying to do both. <laughs> I think I, on one hand, you can have like images about these terrible things, have them be very like, I don't know, more more serious, I don't know, like less cartoonish, less, um, more um, visually flat, visually more able to communicate things. You can have them to be, sit, you can have them not to be sillier. And then I worry that that's like glorifying the subject. Whereas I think if I stay with these um, cartoonish, sillier, lighter images, then it feels more like not only am I, I'm not really taking the subject matter seriously or I'm not giving it power, but it also feels um, less triggering. Like I, I like to like, make work about violence however violence is obviously very triggering like I don't want to add to the pile of like horrible scenes that there already is on the internet so for one of my series for Perimeter was called food uh, like sweet violence I replaced like obvious images of violence like blood or like bone crushing or like punching with like a food fight in order to have that sort of separation from violence so it wasn't as like jarring to look at because I obviously want to talk about um, serious things, but I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be sad all the time. Um, and also, like, is it always useful to be reminded in such like a a drastic way about the violence things that are happening? And can you also think about them differently if they're just being served to you in the same way? Because obviously, we're like here, we're like having fun vibing off metaphors and symbolism in order to understand things like more deeply than it already is happening. So having more of a a flatter, sillier, cartoonish um, way of drawing is really, it's really useful to me. And then also surprisingly like Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes, it's like so dark. Like I watched some of them and they're like people are shooting themselves in the face and like committing suicide and... It's not like it's not a chill time. And then also on top of that, I think um like Looney Tunes, uh animators used to be told to look at like old paintings, like modernist paintings to make their um to make the background. So it's such rich artistry anyway, I have to I have to take from it <laughs> anyway.
1: That's fascinating. And I, I think this might be a really nice time to talk about the the food in your work and kind of the yeah the sort of broader themes around that because obviously what I think I was I, I remember I was saying about the show you did with Guts and Soft Punk and obviously just like the cakes and everything just stood out as like the first thing you see Um, so yeah what's the sort of symbolism as well behind the food that you're putting in your in your work?
2: Wow Um, I think uh firstly perhaps because of my main themes is about thinking of like Whiteness and blackness. I think how I feel right now about whiteness is that it kind of is like all consuming and that like it's all engulfing. I feel like engulfed in like whiteness. I know that my experience is formed because I'm not white and also because I'm a woman and also these other things. And so I think I'm trying to mimic that engulfedness by playing with these white figures who are like tossing around food carelessly squeezing jam onto (laughs) people seemingly as an accident but obviously it's kind of on purpose and sort of these spills of colour onto people kind of remind me of the all-encompassing nature of whiteness but on top of that it's really fun to play with British foods like British food is so weird and niche and like pop um and the names are really funny like shepherd like shepherd's pie and like a fork like a roast is just like it's not even a real meal it's just a combination of vegetables and meat I still love it but there's no there's is there any skill there I don't know um but yeah the the whole food thing it's just been really interesting to use um especially because British foods are quite like they're the colors that work really well with like looking at skin color so like British food is very stodgy brown cream white which is what I'm I'm looking at and then also food um, has its own set of rules in terms of colour you know when it's ripe because of its colour white chocolate is meant to be seen as like cheap and sugary but dark chocolate is like luxurious and great things that we just kind of grow up knowing about food can kind of be related to understanding about issues of race
0: yeah it's so great it kind of um I think because you you know you discussed sort of employing that kind of um the style that you paint with or that you draw with blended with the food there's something so sort of like sensual about it almost like (laughs) I saw um one painting that I was describing to Molly and it's just like someone's bum and they just have like smeared I don't know it's icing sugar or something down their bum and it feels very tactile and sort of involved while you're looking at it um and there's so Certainly, an energy in the painting and I was really interested because you you know you mentioned a little bit about sort of grabbing someone's wrist there's obviously a lot of intense sort of like close-ups snapshots of movements taking place as opposed to the broader last supper-esque picture of the full thing so when did you start sort of you know zooming in with your frames and and uh, depicting sort of hands and close-ups and things like that
2: I think it was kind of going off I didn't really want to paint full bodies because I wanted it to be what the scene going on, I wanted it to be a symbol of wider issues. And I think if I had faces inside, people would individualize the um, the paintings. And then also it seems like a really fun challenge for me now to like make compositions without the faces. So like having like a um, a bard in front of the paintings or like a pie in front of your paintings seems a sort of a fun game that I love to play with myself and yeah and then also you can have so many more interactions with like hand gestures so much more interesting interactions hand gestures than like just showing an expression on the face because I made a bunch of paintings for um, for Eastbourne and it's sort of like a tanglement of people without their faces but they're like grabbing at each other and it's kind of about how traditions are passed down from each other and because you can't see the faces you can't really tell if people are like enjoying themselves whether it's sort of like orgy-esque or whether people are in pain so I love that sort of ambiguity that you will look at this work and probably have to guess the emotional uh, stakes that are in the paintings Um, and that's so funny that you say that quite sensual I don't try to make like sexy paintings and I guess like you, I guess like you can't really get away from like
0: mm. sexiness without I like I a a sort of sexiness like an implied sort of sex appeal I mean sensual in its pure form like just in terms of it being sensory I guess might be a better word for it do do, do you know what I mean like a sort of touchfulness, something that draws you in on a level based on the senses just the idea of touch not necessarily sexual touch but touch in some way and sort of food and taste and eating and you know the aliveness is what I mean and not necessarily a kind of sexiness (laughs) isn't
2: yeah yeah (laughs) That that makes that makes a lot of sense because I guess a lot of the compositions are like someone going to like touch someone in the bare like the purest form, like someone smearing something on them, even if it's like innocent. And I, I've kind of like tripped over a bit with them because I, I'm doing a show with um, CCA Goldsmiths. It's about like fake tan and tanning and like a bit about holidays and there's one where there's this lady and she's rubbing like strawberry sauce onto herself I've kind of done it so it's like two fingers (laughs) so it's a bit so like oh (laughs) but then I wasn't even (laughs) thinking (laughs) about when I was painting it (laughs) and then also like holidays are very sexy anyway people are in bikinis you're eating loaves it's fine it's a lot of like excess and then I guess a lot of my paintings about excess because people are like it's a lot of food waste people are just throwing food on each other and like eating eating only a certain part of a food because of its color self-entitlement with like I can do this I can throw a bunch of cream on the floor I can like wipe cream on my partner's bum um that was actually meant to be like a reaction to you know in like weddings and like people will like smash the cake into the bride's face. Or like when my <laughs> when when my family like make cake with each other, they'll like scoop like the batter out and like slap it onto each other's faces. But like in a like cute, fun way. But then obviously that's still like that's still a bit wasteful, but it's still like showing a sort of like power dynamic going on between the mm. you
1: two. I mean that's so interesting. I think I think Razor I agree with you about it being so Tactile, because I think approaching the works because they're these, let's say, snapshots, like microcosms. You're not sure. I I like to live like what you said. You're not sure if it's a fight or an orgy. Like you're not sure. It's almost like a wary involvement. Like you go towards the work and you think like, oh, that cake's like extravagant, beautiful. You do want like touch the icing, but then you go like, well, I'm not sure if this is a friendly thing or a you know nasty thing. and from the, I was thinking, from the sort of idea of it being a snapshot, it leads very nicely <laughs> into the, the work that you've been doing for us for art on a postcard. And you've produced these phenomenal series Aww. of postcards. And they're a real snapshot Yay. of your practice. <laughs> and I don't know if you could that tell us really a little good. bit about them. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> could tell us a little bit about those.
2: I remember doing one about like shoving an ice cream off of an ice cream cone. I think um, a lot of it's just like really funny to me. I guess a lot of it is like intrusive thoughts, like when you're presented with a birthday cake and you're like, "Mm, I wanna smash it. (laughs) I think some of the images are basically that sort of uh, fantasy and anarchy. I guess also they, because I really lent toward red, which obviously could be a replacement for blood, I'm sort of like that sort of violence, so like really explicit, like. I think, oh yeah, I was thinking of um, a quote. Was it a quote or was it in fact a TikTok where it was someone, they were talking about like England and they were like, oh, it's built on bone and blood. So it's built on colonial legacy and like manipulation and like pillaging. And then also on top of that, like England is made from like loads of people invaded us and then just kind of bred with us. Um, So it's all sort of genetics, blood and gore and quite disgusting but at the same time like it could just be a lovely bowl of tomato soup that someone is spreading <laughs> onto themselves because like it's not is it really that serious is it something that really affects your life if these things were done hundreds of years ago and then also these things that are done like over your head like unless you're experiencing like microaggressions and real hostile um interactions on a daily basis it's hard to pick out like actual um, forms of oppression especially like British oppression because it's so like polite and passive and like under the table which is why again like it's good to play with food and domestic um, scenes because it's really um, trying to mimic that sort of everydayness that it feels like a sort of like everyday um struggle basically but those are so fun and I can't I find it really hard to go small after going big for such a long time so it was a
1: lovely challenge for me to do. Thank you. Also the Thank you for being involved with it. I'm going to use that more often, by the way. It's going to be the age-old question of is it a quote or is it a TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) Is it like
2: actual academia or is it imprinted in my mind because of TikTok?
0: (laughs) That's super interesting. I think, you know, what you say about there sort of being the obvious thing on the canvas versus like a more deeper meaning is it just the jam or is it something deeper because you know we 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 witness that all the time here in the in in Britain like you say you know it's kind of um in the media you know they'll make sure that the cast who are on screen are there might be more people of color there or there might be like uh, a couple gay people like you know somebody who's overweight or whatever but then it's like yeah but who's the crew like who's the director who's the writers it's all just like a kind of veneer you know just to sort of be like "We're, we're good here like we're all fine here you know um so that really resonates with, with as you say, a kind of British British history, and I guess where we are where we are at in our society. So um, it's it's wonderful to see it in your work, just so sort of vibrantly and um, boldly. And we are so so lucky to include you in this upcoming auction. So thank you so so much, and thank you as well for giving some time uh, this afternoon to chat with both of us.
2: Oh, it's okay thank you the other artists look so like good as well i'm so happy to be in like such a wonderful lot
1: thank you great thank you so much libya it's so nice to actually see you yeah i've never met
2: you in real life
1: <laughs> okay cool lovely to meet you though <laughs> bye, Libby. bye. <laughs>
0: oh that was super lovely what a nice nice person (laughs) she's very
1: cool she's she's one of those people that anyone you speak to in the art world they just go like Olivia's so nice
0: yeah (laughs) lovely just so lovely and so sort of smart intelligent so young you know and she's got this sort of like really intelligent head on her shoulders And it definitely comes out in the artwork as well how talented and sort of fab she is.
1: Loved it, absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, that was so lovely. Thank you for doing another one with me. Great episode again. It's so fun. I love Olivia. (laughs) Yeah, we love Olivia. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so fun doing it with you as well. It's really great, I think yeah yeah it's so nice it's really nice to have that um back and forth and another energy and the call to just work off um it's definitely made my job easier so thank you
1: <laughs> have a lovely rest of your day i see you soon
0: bye